Moncrief on News Talk. Now, following last week's riots in Dublin, there has been a lot of discussion about how better to equip the Gardaí to deal with such situations and analysis by some that the Gardaí displayed a marked reluctance to use force. And if that's true, why? Is it the culture within our police or some other factor? The Irish Times security correspondent Conor Lally has been writing about this today. Good afternoon, Conor. Hi, Sean. Uh, within the Gardaí themselves, is there a sense that they did lose control or perhaps there were things they strategically they could have done differently? Yeah, um, as we speak, Drew Harris is, um, is actually addressing the uh, Joint uh, Eurocus, uh Committee on Justice. Now, what he's basically said on that point is, he said that riots, uh, by their nature, are uh, you know effectively public disorder that reaches an uncontrollable pitch uh, for a period of time. Now he said that that's certainly the situation that the Guardian on the ground in thir- on thir- uh, last Thursday faced, and he says that basically when faced with this situation, after a few hours they were able to get um, in control of it. So. I suppose they're probably saying, I suppose Harris is probably saying they didn't lose control of the city centre, but they were hit with something that by its nature is an uncontrollable thing and takes a while to get a handle on. So I suppose that's his view of it. Um, and I guess other people will either disagree or agree with that. Yeah, no, I mean, one of his favourite phrases has been uh, intelligence-led policing. Is mm. there any sense that perhaps it was a failure of intelligence there, that they didn't see this coming? Yeah, look, I think I think the guards have definitely been keeping a very close eye on um, particularly the far right and how they plan and organise online and how they speak to each other online, you know, and this is, uh, you know, through uh, apps like Telegram and also things like uh, open source social media. Um, but I suppose what what Harris has been saying is that if you look at the situation last Thursday, there was obviously an awful stabbing attack which targeted uh, very young children and their teacher outside of school on Parnell Square East. And then you had a very large uh, crime scene then blocked off. And he basically points out that this kind of first far right grouping essentially congregated at the crime scene cordon. And I suppose they 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 started off by really aggressively abusing the guardy that were posted there to keep the crime scene blocked off to the public uh, while it was being examined, and that it you know it's not a typical thing that you would have a protest at a space like that, mm. and then it's not a typical thing that any such protest like that would turn into the into the uh, riots that we saw. So he's saying, I guess, the precise nature, uh, you know, while they have been keeping an eye on the far right over the last few years, and obviously they've taken certain uh, operations against them, um, he is saying that the precise nature of what happened last Thursday afternoon into the evening uh, couldn't be predicted. um, And that basically when it started, they got, you know, public order guardy on the streets as quickly as they could. And they had several hundred of them by kind of early evening into the nighttime period by about 8pm. So he's basically saying, while we've been keeping an eye on the far right, we're getting concerned about them and we have taken action against them. Precisely what happened last Thursday was unpredictable and you couldn't really foresee it. Mm. So so to the issue of, I suppose, getting the riot under control, Mm. uh, there seems to be a lot of comment that perhaps uh, the Gardaí could have been a bit more aggressive in their dealing with that. Uh, um, Is there a sense that that was the case? 
Yeah, certainly even, I mean, I'd say, Sean, even in the last um, six months or so, um, certainly people that I know in in, in, in the Garda organisation, they have been concerned that when some of these far-right people turn up to events, you know, be they protests outside, you know, hotels where uh, refugees are being housed or in various other locations, that you have a you have a certain element within those groupings, and they they kind of turn up to these events and they behave in the way that they want to. So they hurl abuse at people, um, and some of that can be you know hate based. Some of that can be racial, you know, racially motivated. Um, and I would certainly think. I mean, I'm obviously not a lawyer or a police officer, but I would certainly think, having been at some of these events, that. Some of the abuse that's hurled uh, from from some members of the far right would, I think, um, meet the threshold of incitement to hatred under the laws that we have here in Ireland. Now, some of the guards that I've spoken to were concerned that they said that they could understand why senior guard management didn't want to deploy, for example, public order units um, every time there was a protest or even be fast to do that when, you know, some protests got out of hand because they were afraid that if there were clashes, that these clashes between protesters and Gardaí in, you know, riot squad uniforms would essentially act as a rallying call for the far right and would generate larger crowds at the event that they held, you know, the week after to two weeks' time. But what Gardaí have been less able to understand is why there hasn't been more effort to say, for example, do follow-up operations to identify people who have been behaving really badly, who have, you know, breached the criminal law at these events, and then essentially to gather evidence of that and to go after them. So to, you know, raid their properties two weeks later, three weeks later, arrest them and charge them. And the Guardi have done that to an extent, but they've only really done it against people that I would regard as, you know, quite high profile and that you would regard as, you know, ringleaders. But there's a whole other larger group there um, of far-right people who've behaved in this way that I'm describing. And they've kind of done it with impunity. Um, They haven't faced that call to the door at 6am by a team of Gardaí two weeks later, arresting them, charging them, taking their phones and all of that. Um, And I think probably... Uh, that's the attitude that will change now in the guards. They'll probably try to take every opportunity in that regard that they can to go after these people and to charge them um, and to, I suppose, you know, keep control of them in that way. Yeah. Is there also a fear among ordinary guardie when it comes to if I take up my baton in a situation, I could I could be the one who gets up uh, getting investigated? Yeah, I, I I think this perception certainly across the guards is a real problem. Um, and what it's about really is um, the guardy I suppose have had have had a problem and they've had complaints for a long time about particularly about how long the Garda Síochána Ombudsman, which is the agency that investigates allegations that are made against Garda, they've had a complaint about how long these um, Ombudsman investigations into them take. So these inquiries can go on for, you know, a year, two years, three years even. Um, so you, if you're a guard, somebody makes a complaint about you and you starts to carry out an, an investigation into you, this can go on for years. You may be suspended during that time frame. Um, so you'll be suspended from your job. You certainly won't, even if you aren't suspended from your job, you certainly won't be promoted during that that, uh, period until the inquiry is over um, and you're, you know, 
cleared, hopefully. Um, so you certainly won't be promoted during that period. And I guess what Gardy are saying is the stress of all of that and the damage that that will do to your career um, is so grave that they don't want to put themselves into situations where complaints will be made about them or investigations will start. And one of those scenarios is using force. So... It was notable, I thought, even uh, looking on last Thursday, that um, particularly early in the evening, when uniformed Gardaí, so people who are not riot squad uh, pl- uh, police officers, when uniformed Gardaí were the frontline response to this unrest as it broke out, a lot of them, it seemed to me, didn't want to get into a situation where they were using the, the, uh, their batons to strike these protesters to hit them. And I think, you know, people like the Garda Representative Association, the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors, Helen McEntee even, and also Drew Harris, they've all spoken about this and they all seem to accept that there was that reluctance. So it's a crisis really. We've got to the point in in Angarda Shiakana where when force is clearly required to be used, that members of the guards don't want to use that force because they're saying to themselves, well, I don't want to be investigated here. I don't want to be, you know, suspended from, uh, from my job and have a really serious inquiry hanging over my head for the next, you know, two years, uh, three years. Um, and... Helen McEntee has gone to the policing authority. She has asked them to clarify when the Gardaí can use force, you know, what that force can be and so on. And I suppose that's an exercise to try and assure members of the Guards that the law allows them, they do have power as Gardaí to use force against people, particularly when they are threatened or when people are, I suppose, causing a riot in, in some, you know, town or city in Ireland, basically. Yeah, uh, uh, is it? I wonder, is it even possible to come up uh, uh, with some sort of watertight definition that will cover, uh, you know, a heated situation and a sudden situation such as that, that, you know, a guard can make a, a calculated decision, now I can take out my baton? Mm. Well, I mean, members of the Garda organisation, they can take out their baton when they feel they're under attack to protect other people or to protect property. Um, you'll never get an exact definition of precisely what you can do precisely when um, a lot of it uh, you know has to be left to the judgment of the individual Garda who's on the street and they have to you know they have to to make that call but I suppose the really serious thing about last Thursday is I mean you'll never get a clearer example of when force was uh, justified than last Thursday and if members of the guards who are facing rioters setting Garda cars on fire and you know Lewis trams on fire and breaking into shops to uh, rob the shops. If Gardy were, you know, reluctant to use force in that scenario, uh, that's a massive problem because if they won't use force, then they probably won't ever use it. Um, and quite simply, while we don't want the police organisation going around, you know, stomping around the place using force all the time, using force in, in policing and the need to, to use force is as old as policing itself. It just It's just a feature of it. Um, and if we lose that, and if, our, if a big cohort in our Garda organisation is afraid to use force, even, as I say, in, in that extreme situation, um, I think we're going to have a lot of problems. Connor, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Connor Lanley there, Security and Crime Editor uh, of the Irish Times. One texter says, It's hard to believe a Garda commissioner that has so much history dealing with troubles in Northern Ireland wouldn't have the foresight to see a crowd become violent. Uh, well, I mean, his argument is it all happened very suddenly and it was a crime scene. And I suppose that 
seemed to be from what Connor was saying that uh, his argument, Drew Harris's argument, was that that was unprecedented, that a crime scene where you'd think the, the vast majority of people uh, uh, would be kind of somewhat sensitive to letting the guards do their work uh, uh, suddenly turned into a, a ground zero for a riot. Uh, Ronan says, we call these gangs the far right, giving them legitimacy as if they have some sort of political allegiance and ideology. As far as I can see, it was a mob of opportunistic thugs engaged in wanton and uh, destruction and looting. Well, I I think both things can be right at the same time. There was obviously a a lot of uh, opportunistic uh, looting that went on uh, last Thursday. But uh, on the other hand, there are also, it seems, and these people are known to the guards, uh, members of far-right groups who, uh, let's say, stirred the pot. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.